Hello, this is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And this is a podcast about just to just to get me framed, frame myself, uh, focus. It, this is a podcast about uh, writing because I've done a lot of it and studied it and taught it, actually. I've taught some classes, and I'm sure I'll return to that. I think I'm doing a lot of teaching in a way, or just sort of uh, showing, like say, this is what I'm up to, and that I'm, in my mind, I'm sort of, say, representing and saying, you know, this is where I'm headed, and this is how I'm doing it. Mentoring? Perhaps uh, more just say enjoying the process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and too, I'm I'm also talking about uh, the mind. I'm talking about the psyche. I'm talking about the imagination. How we do, why we do, what we do. Uh, in there, there's going to be moments of mental health, mental wealth, mental illness, uh, the flip-flop sides of the equation. And let's see, and let's see. Just as I was heading out the door, sort of one topic idea was I was like, you know, oh, I, I saw somebody on Twitter was posting about, uh, uh, what is it, I think it was like a messy demons or something about, um, it, it seems like demons get treated like genies, like that they, you know, you have a, a weapon that is uh, bound to or with a uh, a kind of kind of demon, or maybe it's a kind of elemental creature, spirit of some kind. And I was thinking about uh, characters that could be considered uh, demonic, you know, or infernal spirits, or something like that, and which is always muddy territory for me because on one hand I don't want to have associations like I don't want to have um, I don't know zealots or on both sides of the equation I don't want to have zealots show up and I don't want to have heretics show up or you know extremists or fundamentalists or anything uh and two, I don't, I don't want neo-pagans, uh, fundamentalists on my doorstep, because they do exist. You know, people who are um, desperate, desperately invested, and uh, quite certain of their persuasion. There we go. But it's also unavoidable, like say writing about these supernatural creatures, you know, these beings that don't exist, 
but you know our minds are so wired uh, to the imagination you know that there's it's it's sort of an easy way out um, kind of like superstition right or say jinxing oneself all these little things that we do like uh, knock on wood I don't know if you do you knock on wood because you know I find myself <laughs> every once in a while I'll say knock on wood and I'll knock on you know where whatever wood is closest and my family has been doing that for who knows how long <laughs> it might go all the way back like it might be a, a megalithic, you know, prehistoric. Uh, yeah, who knows? And I, I, I sort of like to think, you know, it's it's like, you know, knocking on the door to uh, these nature spirits that are sort of just below the surface. And I think Young too said that you know, down there, in, in the unseen, that there are examples of of uh, or into uh, a shared sort of like an, an archetype going on, something that's universal, right? That all uh, all human beings share. just noticing my breathing. It seems like the the weather has kind of changed a bit. It's uh, hard to describe. It's kind of like a, it's a damp cold. There we go. Uh, we're right by, down by the ocean. So we, we get these um, changes. I remember reading some H.P. Lovecraft a long time ago and it made me think of Vancouver because he writes about the east coast down by the ocean and there's all these uh, sailing ships and ports and docks. I remember suffering through a class where actually it turned out really bad. The, I, I, it was a class about we had a couple books uh, but one of them was uh, Moby Dick, and I actually I actually enjoyed it. But um, so I, you know, I wrote. I remember writing an essay, and the instructor professor was furious because it was good, and he accused me of uh, plagiarism and uh, and I sort of was like I was like you know did I plagiarize I can't remember and I I do remember though that he didn't specifically specifically say where from so so I'm sort of looking at it and going um, yeah it's like what was that about because I, I'm sort of I'm wondering if it was about something else. 
Uh, anyways, I'm not sure what was going on in that uh, that moment. I remember it was too. He's like you know shouting at me, and I just sort of shut down and just waited until it was over. And I'm not sure if sort of he took that as a admission of guilt. It was more sort of like confusion for me. I was like, what's going on? Uh, also, too, I don't know whether to be <laughs> to be proud of it. Like, sort of, you know, it's like it's so good that he, you know, he thought that it, you know, it has to be bad. Or say, I'm sort of thinking too, well, he never said, you know, what part was, you know, and two, maybe, I, I don't remember, is such a, is such a blur. <clears throat> Did that sour me on Moby Dick? Uh, I don't think so. I have good memories about reading Moby Dick. And... It's sprawling, but the symbolism, context, subtext, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing. <clears throat> like the, the ship, the, the sailing, um, the whaler that they're on, that it's symbolic of the politics of the United States. That's just one, you know, one chunk of it. And that the name of the ship is, uh, it's called the Pequod. And it is, the Pequod is uh, the name of a uh, First, Mer- uh, First Nations in the United States, a tribe that, uh, you know, cultural genocide, you know, boom, it's gone. Uh, you know, so this ship of state is named, you know, yeah, after this uh, group of people. Ethnic, ethnic genocide? Anyways, you know, these people were wiped out. So there's a lot of great stuff, a lot of great scenes that I remember. And then, you know, this, this one professor having this... Uh, problem. I'm thinking I must have done something because, you know, he actually accused me in public. Uh, But again, I never got anything back that said, this is where you did it. You know, this is what the plagiarism was. So it's sort of, for me, it's sort of a flawed accusation that I'm just remembering. And actually, heading out the door, I was thinking about uh, making my demonic spirits like these super jaded office workers. You know, that, you know, basically they're, you know, trapped in these cubicles... Um, and two, I, I've met those. I've met those people. Uh, 
I've watched them stay in, in, in that kind of hell that they're in. And, and too, there's a kind of uh, reflection there as well, because, you know, I'm in my own kind of cubicle hell. And, you know, sort of say, oh, how does one, you know, break out of a, a kind of loop? You know, you're in this uh, endless um, Sisyphean, Sisyphus, you know, uh, this Sisyphean uh, hamster wheel. Doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And uh, it's sort of a, a bit of eternal damnation. But, oh, there's the damnation. So, yeah. I was going to say, uh, it's not the good eternity, it's the bad eternity. <clears throat> sort of, now I'm going, I don't want to think about that. Um, I, how did I get on that plagiarism thing? Oh yeah, because the weather, it's very uh, oceanic. Uh, you know, it's sort of like being on a ship, but you're not. And like seriously, I could go, I could go for a walk right now and I'd be at the Pacific Ocean. I could stick my foot into the Pacific Ocean. So that's how close I am. And, uh, yeah, and so I'm thinking about, thinking about this theft, you know, that I, I apparently did. I can, I can remember one time where I did have, uh, a moment of plagiarism. It was a, it was an essay, it was, uh, an Arthurian. We were reading something, um, I think it was Tennyson's. I think it's Tennyson's Once and Future King. And I remember I had... It wasn't the whole thing. It was just one moment. And I just let it slip by because most of the essay was me. And I had this one hiccup. And I was thinking, you know, oh, well, that's, that's a small... Um, that's a small thing. And it, into it wasn't... It wasn't a complete plagiarism. It was more like a, a thought that I had picked up from an essay. So it was, you know, it was one of my three examples in this essay for Tennyson. But for the Moby Dick, I can't remember anything. I remember handing in an essay that was all about ropes, ropes and pulleys. And, yeah, that's... That's it. Maybe, maybe it wasn't actually about Moby Dick, because the, the second class, the, the second book we read in that course was Gravity's Rainbow. And perhaps he's reacting to that. I have a closer uh, affinity to that book. One of my classmates said it, it was so disgusting it made her feel sick. And then, and then on the flip side, for me, it was well-tread uh, territory. So 
perhaps that's what my professor was reacting to, was that like he was encountering somebody who was living gravity's rainbow. You know, that I I know people, I know all the characters, the drug references. Um, so perhaps it was that sort of shock of meeting someone. And two, he, he came across as a very sort of hip, savvy guy, but I'll bet you that, uh, you know, he grew up uh, sort of on the other, what was it, on the sort of the good side of town, or maybe in, you know, maybe in the middle, and he's encountering somebody from <laughs> the, the infernal regions, right? It was quite an interesting uh, course. It was sort of like uh, punk rock, right? We're going to, you know, we're going to rise up. He, that particular guy, um, that professor, uh, he kept on referring to the European death structure. And I, I'm, I'm not saying it quite right, but it, it, was, it was like that. It had to do with Europe had to do with this kind of uh, nihilism and I remember too for that course I was bringing together a bunch of um, terminology such as that I was picking up from other classes like Eurocentrism which was I, I was picking up from anthropology and all of the classes I was taking were were connected, you know, that they had to do with Eurocentrism. I was taking classes, uh, anthropology classes too, that had to do with the First Nations, Native peoples, you know, where I, where I am. Uh, and too, before that, I had, I had barely any idea. And then taking these classes just opened it up for me, this explosion of information, you know, that they're... And too, I, I was learning, you know, the name of the tribe in my hometown, you know, my city of New Westminster. I had no idea, you know, that there was a tribe, you know, that they still existed, that there was a language. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like growing up in a, a kind of numbness, a kind of... Uh, avoid, right, and just walking around and thinking, oh, this is normal, and then finding out that you're in, you're in Nazi-occupied France, which is a terrible analogy, but I, you know, I, I just can't think of any other, you know, and it's a horrible way to sort of suddenly look at, start looking at people and things and going, why aren't we talking about this? And I know why we're not, because it's so painful. And, you know, as, as soon as we do, all of a sudden things turn topsy-turvy. And, and things like, how many years until people forget? Or how many years until, you know, the original people are wiped out, right? You know, the information and knowledge experience is just gone.
in, in the in the subtext too. You know, almost don't worry, don't worry about that. You know, don't worry about the past, right? All of that stuff is gone. No, it's not. You know, I meet people. I meet I meet these people. I know these people. Ah, wonderfully off track. Okay, so I'm thinking I should just I should somehow finish up the, this plagiarism thing, but I I, I want to sort of broaden it and, and kind of get into the meat and potatoes. I can remember getting a couple essays. Uh, it was sort of like A's and B's for English. Um, specifically, say, if it, if it had something to do with fantasy, such as the King Arthur, I was more likely to apply myself. And with the... I remember the... Uh, and too, the marks I got for the class you know, this apparently plagiarist class was, they weren't stellar marks. And two, I wouldn't say that I was a, a scholar. You know, um, I think it was just my, it was like a, my, maybe my first or second year in college. And, uh, you know, I had been a dropout. No, yeah, I was a dropout. And now I was kind of... It felt like catching up. And... And it was happening. Just I'm just sort of fixating on this professor again. And professor was... I think, I think too, it maybe say it was that he was into the punk rock thing, maybe. Or maybe it was more sort of the political side of the punk rock thing. Uh, because the class, you know, these two works of literature, Moby Dick and Gravity Rainbow, Gravity's Rainbow, that they were... Um, they were similar, in a sense. There were... Um, uh, visceral, physical, disgusting things going on. Re real things. But, you know, instead of sort of avoiding it, it was this uh, reveling in it. Uh, say, you know, we saw, you know, characters um, doing things that culturally would, you know, are repulsive. Um, and, and for me, my interest was getting getting underneath, right? You know, what are both of these works of literature saying, right? What is the what is the statement that they're making? And, and it's it's a it's, it's a criticism. Both both works are criticisms of you know where we're at why we're doing it. 
I was thinking too that another thing about this guy is that the professor is that it could you know it could have been one of those days where it was weird because I came up to him you know and I actually had looked up to him I thought that you know you know this this is a cool guy he's talking cool stuff I understand his talk uh, I had a you know I got things from the class right so I remember sort of approaching him. He was, I was leaving uh, the department office, and he was approaching it. And then uh, I, I remember I was like smiling and stuff. I was happy to see him. And then, and I said hi. And uh, and then he started shouting at me, and he accused me of of this plagiarism. And I remember I just sort of froze up and did the kind of, I don't know if it's the armadillo thing, but it's sort of like where you sort of curl up and just waited for it to be over, and then left. Uh, I felt sort of vaguely numb, uh, disassociative, that, uh, but I also, I also felt that the pain of uh, being shamed in public and sort of say already going through life with this, you know, uh, idea in my head, you know, that I'm uh, scum, basically, right? Growing up with the freaks. Which, that was weird, right? This whole exaltation of freak dumb, right? We're freaks. You know, you're a freak. You're you're the offspring of freaks. Uh, and some people go, oh yeah, yeah, that's so funny and great and everything. Cool. And uh, it's sort of like, say, when people on online, you know, could be Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you know, who say, you know, I'm I'm a little bit crazy. Post up memes from Alice in Wonderland, like uh, I think it's the Cheshire Cat or something, saying, "We're all mad here." And my always now my first thought is, "No, you're not." You know that's hyperbole. I'll cut you some slack because you don't know, right? Uh, you know, I'm a little bit wacky. That's really what it is, right? You know, I'm a little eccentric. And two, sometimes I feel like I want to attack, like sort of question the usage, right? Uh, I suppose it would be, the example would be, you know, LGBTQ+. I'm so, I'm so grateful I can say that now, right? I've, I've got it. I'm sure it'll change up somehow. Maybe we'll sort of uh, end up just saying rainbow. I can remember years ago a guy saying, uh, you know, are you, are you family? I remember that was one way he sort of asked. And then we had to ha- he had to unpack it for me. And it was a very careful, he was being careful, right? He wasn't being outright. And in a sense, he was sort of in the closet about it. Uh, 
And two, it was obvious that I, I wasn't in the family. Uh, but I'm related. Because <laughs> I have... Um, because my uncle is. You know, he's in the family. And uh, I think, though, that that kind of protection is still necessary. Because there are elements, there are people out there who will get so offended that they'll get violent. Uh, and that and that's unfortunate. Uh, and unfortunate too that he didn't feel safe enough to to just be, you know, <clears throat> I guess too, it's sort of saying that it's not mainstream, and I wonder if today that would be I think that's 25 years later. I think if it... I'd like to think that, you know, somebody would be more comfortable. And, uh... And, too, though, at that time, I was a bit... I was a bit more cube-headed. You know, that, say... I was was sort of coming across... Across as... uh, I, I would think of sort of like, you know, a wall, right? There's a wall up... I'm sure I'm still that way. And here's me attempting to unpack this professor, right? So I have this this moment. And two, it doesn't go anywhere. You know, that's the thing, is if if it's enough to, you know, if it's big enough to shame me in public, you know, then it's big enough to, and two, in the English department office, then it's big enough to pursue, right? Get me kicked out, I would think. You know, or call me in, you know, and let's talk about this. Or, you know, or even get called in by the, the head, the chair of the English department. And, and I, I'm, all I can come back to is, you know, you know, he was marching in to the uh, English department. Uh, he was angry, upset, and he lashed out. Uh, so, because we're men, I have to grow a pair of ovaries? And how do I mean that? I mean, I'm just sort of like, you know... I'm unpacking it. I, I write that way too. I like to take something like, you know, grow a pair of testicles and then I'll flip it around and do something else with it. <clears throat> And I'll apologize right away. I'm sort of, I'm kind of in this kind of state right now where it's like, wait a second, I, I think that that guy was wrong, right? I think what he did was um, unprofessional. And that, you know, it, that, it ought to be, um, I don't know the word for it, collegiate. Collegiate. <clears throat> 
now thinking about growing a pair of ovaries and what does that mean in context. It's so weird what we do with language because, say, if you say grow a pair of testicles, then it is it's saying that someone is weak and they should be strong. If you don't have testicles, you are weak. And I'm going, you know, that's... <clears throat> I, I guess it has to do with the symbolism. The meaning of the symbols. And that if you're able to create life, that you are... You know, if you have the equipment, therefore... Uh, you have this sort of power, this value. And if you aren't equipped. And so what if I turn it around? And if I say ovaries instead? Because, you know, ovaries, there should be even more potency and power to that. Because a woman, a mother, someone who's carrying a baby... You know, even if it's sort of surrogate, right? You know, isn't isn't there even more power and potency to having a pair of ovaries? <laughs> one one side effect of all of this was that after that, I was hyper conscious of plagiarism, right? I was even invited. Uh, via a job they have a job locally that you can do that pops up occasionally and just checking we're at the halfway mark but there's this writing job that pops up occasionally and says you know, you're know, you going to be writing essays researching essays for university students, right? That's basically the ad. And they sort of give some examples. Do you specialize in history, English, science? And the subtext is that you're going to be providing these essays. These essays are going to be sold. So you'll get a percentage, right? And then these essays... Uh, and two, I, I, you know, I can't say, you know, who they're being to sold to. But I, when I was at university, there was a whole group that was caught and kicked out, and you know, they're in the black book, and I don't know where they're going to go into school. You know, why, Moss? Because it, it was even said in the announcement that was uh, that went around that that these. These students, it was, sort of, it was a black book. It was, you know, it would sort of go with them. It didn't just end. It was sort of like you were warned not to break the rules, and then you break the rules, you knew the consequences. Yeah, but after getting shamed, you know, so after that I was <laughs> quite diligent. Um... That's, I guess, I guess the pro, but I don't need more of that, and I, 
I, I like this point in my life right now where I'm I, I'm getting say I'm getting better at this and to be able to confront um, that kind of behavior because it was inappropriate his behavior my professor my English professor at Douglas College he was inappropriate in his behavior and how it ought to have gone was I really suspect that this is plagiarism you know I can't prove it right but I will highlight this section you know or just submit the whole essay to the English department and let them proceed you know instead of you know having this collision, this run-on collision. I suspect, I suspect that this kind of thing would never happen. Like, say, that I would be encouraged to go to a, a safety room, right? And that there would be a representative of the student council or whatever, and uh, student union, I think it is up here. I wasn't diagnosed with PTSD at that time. I knew that I had, uh, I, I knew that I had um, problems, depression, say, depression, anxiety. We had, and too, that wasn't even diagnosed. I was just being, you know, you know, here, here's some, here's some very light therapy. Here's some gentle stuff. Which got dark really quick. <laughs> Art therapy, so you're drawing, drawing these pictures and getting these looks from the therapist. You know, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Exactly. So I I don't know if I'll publish this. I probably will publish this, but I'm sort of just kind of going. How does this? How does this affect writing? Uh, it did affect my writing. <laughs> it, it uh, you know, rather than going to other uh, works, you know, I'm sort of uh, sensitive about about my own, and uh, sensitive about. <clears throat> You know, I don't want that thing to happen again. But now, just even talking about it, I'm going, I want to be able to... I want to be able to uh, respond, you know, and sort of stand my ground and not fear punishment, you know, and, you know, sort of go, look, we're civilized. And I think that's the thing is that is that the fear of punishment is, is that, you know, you're going to be hit, it's going to hurt. And how do you get to that point where, you know, you're willing to sort of stand up and get beaten down? Uh, you know, what if I had, I had sort of stood my ground and said, your behavior is inappropriate? You know, would, would he have lashed out? You know, because now he's physically assaulting, uh, you know, rather than verbally accusing, 
this is my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, am I willing to go up to the plate for that kind of stuff? And uh, some some days, you know, some days I'm ready. And uh, probably most of the time I'm not. I find myself, okay, now drifting back to these, these cubbyhole demons. You know, these uh, supernatural beings who are working in this uh, infernal office, right? Servants of the bureaucracy, the red tape. Uh, <laughs> I can't get away from this guy. Uh, he is, for me, you know, this professor, right? He is one of these demons. Uh... You know, yeah, just thinking about it. He's a mess. Who cares, right? Who cares if there's like a, you know, a teardrop of plagiarism, right? A blip. Uh, not that I can remember, but perhaps he saw something. Perhaps I was influenced by something else. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, he, you know, yeah, he was going through some kind of nightmare scenario. You know, know, even if it's just, okay, you should not drink that much coffee or any coffee. You know, you're just naturally wired. And, And that was something through the whole course uh, there was this rage, this anger, and one of the big sort of upshots that I left with was that uh, that we, he, you know, his his sort of thesis was that uh, we are slave owners, right? Even now, that we are slave owners. And that was that particular course, right? You know, Moby Dick, you know, Gravity's Rainbow, Upshot, slavery. Modern day slavery. Uh, Wage slavery. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm just sort of seeing him now as this demonic... uh, (laughs) bureaucratic uh, spirit, right? That he's, you know, he's got his, he's got his little office and, you know, he, he doesn't want to be there. He's so angry about this. You know, he's supposed to be somewhere else. And it's so weird because I don't know about you, but I, I look at it and I go, well, that's cushy. It's like, well, you know, oh, I don't like it. Well, what, you know, what don't you like about it? And then, you know, it goes on with the conversation about, uh, conversation that has to do with just adjusting the, 
sock-like glove with all of these little, uh, you know, when fabric gets those little sort of uh, rounded up pieces of uh, fiber. I'm trying to think of what it's uh, they're called. One of my neighbors is hanging out at the intersection. I'm not quite sure why, but he's just he's just uh, standing there in this in this red coat, bald guy with a red coat. You know, perhaps uh, yeah, perhaps waiting for somebody. You know, Godot maybe waiting for some something that uh, is never going to arrive. Actually, now I'm thinking of using my professor, you know, this, this, this learned punk rocker uh, as a, you know, frustrated, you know, for some reason, right? First world frustration. I've got it all, and I feel nothing. So yeah, so this this professor, you know, that you, you summon up this English professor, you know, and uh, he he appears in his business, you know, rumpled, you know, business suit, tie, you know, it's all covered in stains. All the symbolism is there, right? He's corporate. You know, he never signed up to be corporate, but he's corporate, right? He's institutional, and <clears throat> doesn't want to be there. I'm, I'm really loving this character now. Maybe the lesson here is to sort of mine, you know, these characters of memory of the past and uh, give them life on page, you know, to uh, find some kind of resolution... Uh, to an event. I've done this before. I'm not sure if I'll continue with the, this professor demon, but there is something cathartic. There is something therapeutic about this. think that, you know, the nature of this particular uh, character is that it's accusation. And it's, it's accusation, but it's also, you know, over the top. Ooh, I, there's just a little bit of snow. Oh yeah, here we go again. You know, it's just those, it's like dust. It's cold enough to. So we're in the, the wrapping up stage of the game. So say my this this, this character would be called. Um, 
And two, it doesn't necessarily have to be all supernatural and everything. You know, it, in the process of getting to this point, this character is, you know, I've, I've discussed, you know, like, you know, what, what could be wrong? You know, you're, you're a first world, uh, you know, first world problems. Uh, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you seem healthy. You're a smart guy. <laughs> you know, you've gotten into something that uh, I have friends that, you know, really want your job, right? Heck, I want your job. But perhaps I don't. Perhaps, you know, it's the grass is greener thing that once you get in there, you realize, you know, that you're, you're still in the trap, right? You're still, you know, so you're still wearing the golden handcuffs. Uh... You actually haven't been following your bliss, right? Instead, you've been looking for this thing on the outside. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing this person is really unhappy, super, super unhappy about the situation. Uh, where I'm at, I, I also look at it as we manufacture, right? You know, to to make the world make sense, you know, we have our filters. We're looking through colored glasses, and you know, we we shape what we see instead of you know, instead of just you know, instead of just living, right? We have to shape it and make it make sense and interpret it. So this is this guy's interpretation. This evil professor of mine. He's not evil. <clears throat> but his, uh, as a character, I'm imagining him sort of, poof, he's there. And, and he starts, uh, he's, he's, you know, he starts sort of, sort of accusing and saying, you know, oh, you did, you did something wrong, right? You should be punished. You know, you're not, uh, you're not good. You're not good, you're not good enough. Uh, ooh, more snow. Now it's, now it's happening, for real. I'm almost imagining, too, that that this character is like say um, that there's this city and that there's this part of the city where this infernal bureaucracy is going on or, or just painting the whole bureaucracy like this you know that anybody who's involved in it, it you know they slowly become demonic and uh, they're in the service of the quote unquote dark lord trope that would be a great name for the Dark Lord as well. Trope. Trope. But yeah. <laughs> one, one bad encounter can ruin your opinion of a person, you know. 
forever. But what, I, what I'd like to do is, is to explore standing up, you know, to this kind of accusation, you know, and being able to uh, just go stand your ground. And so, you know, no, I have a certain amount of self-wealth. I'm a human being. You know, I say, I say, you know, let's, well, you know, you have choices. We can either talk about this, right? That you can tell me exactly, you know, what happened and everything and give me a chance to defend myself. Because it really did feel like guilty before innocent, you know. Not willing to sort of have that dialogue. I'm just sort of stamped, right? You know, I'm the... I'm the bad guy. And uh, <laughs> don't we all do that, right? I'm the good guy, you're the bad guy. Uh, but to have, to have a character... Oh gosh, all my characters do this, actually. There's, you're standing up to a, these corrupt authority figures, right? The, these, um, the authority is very one-sided. It's not realistic. Um, it's just this lashing out. Justification. Judgment, right? But without, there was, you know, there's no evidence. So it was, you know, uh, also too, like saying, you know, well, hey, how about we get a mediator involved? You know, because I, I wasn't even at the point where I could call in a, a mediator so, so that's something that I, um, I regret, but, you know, I'm, now I'm at the point where I can, I can go, yeah, what about that? Like locally, you know, it's still really difficult to get access to, uh, you know, uh, help, uh, mental health, mental illness help. You know, and they've set something up, you know, but it's, uh, there's some kind of problem. There's some kind of problem with, you know, step one to the last step. And I almost feel like at some point I've got to become kind of an ombudsman or something locally and, and say, hey, are you having trouble connecting? You know, contact us. <laughs> you know, and you know, we'll get you connected, right? We'll we'll do this uh, job that uh, <clears throat> is being mismanaged or mishandled. Ah, uh, that's that's another thing that just now I'm thinking back. You know, golden opportunities. This happened in the office of the English department. There was somebody there who witnessed it, and they chose to do nothing, right? Perhaps politically, right? They, they, they thought, you know, I don't want to get involved in this. Uh, but myself as well, I could have felt, you know, sort of... That's the thing, is that sort of being used to being mistreated, right? You know, and that I should grow a pair. And um, if I show weakness, therefore I am weak. But not having that kind of, you know, shopping list like uh, 
looking at it and going, you know, is that, you know, is this true? Is that true? So, uh, good, good reasons um, to return to this. It might even be worth uh, an op-ed in the student paper, right, and say, hey, this happened, you know, a long time ago. And in a way, it's nothing, you know, as long as I grow a pair, right? And as long as I'm a real man, right? And, you know, the horrible definitions of that. And, uh, you know, one example of that is toxic masculinity. And I can work against it. I think, I think we can all work against it. Uh, and the flip side, you know, you know other, other forms of uh, the toxic roles, you know, just any toxic role. Um, just, yeah. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's widen it, right? Just any form of toxic role. I guess that's what it is, too, is that we start off, you know, we're all agreeing up top, you know, okay, we don't want this toxic stuff, right? We don't want uh, anger, fear, rage, um, violence, etc., etc. And then as we, and then we start to branch out into specific examples. Wow. So I've gotten to toxic masculinity, and I think that that's what happened. I think this is an example of this uh, man rage. There's almost a tantrum aspect to it. I was going to say tantric, but I was <laughs> that's totally different. It would be weird, though, if the etymology connected... So, I'll just end on that note. Uh, thanks for listening, and keep up the great work. Uh, write one word, and uh, a second will happen. <laughs>